I want you to succeed at things that you never thought were possible, and I want you to fail at things that you never thought were possible. But I just want you to take that failure and move forward. So this morning we're going to talk about the image of black men in our society. Black men are six times as likely as white men to be murder victims. They are two and a half times as likely to be unemployed. They finish last in practically every socioeconomic measure from infant mortality to life expectancy. And some think that black men are the seem almost endangered species. It's interesting that many people perceive black men as less intelligent, less productive, more hostile than the rest of society. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. I am your host, El Ray. Um, if you like what you hear today, you can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Imperfect Audio, Facebook, Imperfect Audio. Make sure you take the time to subscribe. Make sure you take the time to share this right now because, I mean, I practice this shit. So it's a little hard for me to do all this research and get all these people and develop these these good business relationships, and so I'm going to need y'all help as well. Um as you guys know, I played a little bit of football here and there for like 20 years. Nothing major, but everything from youth until now. And um, everybody, when you're a little kid, especially a poor little kid, dreams of, hey, I'm going to go pro one day, blah, 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 all that good stuff. And um, my guest tonight is going to give you a little insight on what it takes to do that and what it takes to be successful after you go pro. Um my guest tonight is Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots and successful entrepreneur Jarvis Green. <laughs> How are you tonight, sir? What's up, Raymond? How's going on? Good, man. I can't I can't complain. So I mean I, I just you know, met you last year. We we only really got to talk a little bit, but over the course of the the year we kinda go back and forth and talk about business and stuff like that. And um I see like, okay, this is this is a little bit different than, you know, the usual talks with with athletes and with football players and what you're doing and the, and the moves that you're making. And I was like, yeah, he's he's got definitely a, a different type of head on his shoulder. Um, so where 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 are you from? I didn't get any of that information. It's like where you grew up and all that. I grew up in a town called Donaldsonville, Louisiana. We're in between Baton Rouge and New Orleans, all right, like dead center. Country town on the river, uh, Mississippi River. Uh, we got parishes down here, small town about, right now, about 8,500 people. When I grew up, it was about 10,000 people. But, man, when I say country town, I mean, sugar cane, cornfields, soy. And racism. <laughs> like, like, right, like, where I live at down south, if you go about three hours north, you will see your cotton fields. I mean, it's all agriculture. And also, my town and my area is called Cancer Alley. 
we have the most refineries within freaking 10, 15 miles square radius compared to any other area, I think, in America, man. So, Donaldsville, Louisiana. And I don't even have this written down, but I was arguing with somebody the other day. Who's the biggest musician to come out of Louisiana? Dude, um, the biggest musician? I Let's mean, say rapper. Let's say rapper, because it was a rapper argument. Well, come on, bro. I mean, you go way back. You got, um, he just died um, uh, a few, a few, I guess a year ago, two years ago. Um, Jesus Christ. Um, he old school, man. Uh, I'm talking about jazz musician. From back in the day, man. Oh, Fat Domino. Okay. We got a few other guys like uh what's your boy? Remember the movie Cadillac Records? Yep. You remember your guy? What's the actor, the guy that played with the dance off movie? What is it? Cadillac he is he's he played oh. in the movie Cadillac Records? Okay, on Cadillac Records, remember the guy Stomp the Yard, the actor that played Stomp the Yard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot his name, but he's a whatever his name was in there. Uh, of course, you know, you got Master P, you got Cash Money, you got the new rappers of the day, you got, uh, what's the one guy, he played a lot of, uh... Yo, he played... you just, hold on, you just skipped over Master P like he wasn't worth $500 million in the 90s. Well, oh, well I mean, look, I mean, look, we go way back, man, so all the kids know about Master P and Cash Money, but I mean, you go way back to, to, to my parents' generation, um, back when they had Muddy Waters and all those guys, yeah, yeah. people that came through... Louisiana at some part. I mean, come on, bro. Louis Armstrong? Oh, yeah. I mean, Yo, actually, my, my uh, grandfather played uh, with Louis Armstrong. He had a saxophone autograph on him. So, so it's like music's been coming out of Louisiana for, 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 for years, man. I'm talking about 50 to you know, 100 years. But then all the, you know, I grew up, I'm 41. So, I mean, I can tell you this, man. Masterpiece have played in, in, in our LSU rec. It should be Masterpiece, Mystical, Sea Murder, Silk. I mean, even like Randy Moss came through. So many people came through LSU Rec because mm -hmm. Matt he, like when I was in high school, was to middle school, 93, 94, 95 and on. That was P came, you know, from California, Richmond, and he started having body body, and uh, I got the hookup and all of that, man. But I listened to Master P so much. That's all I played for almost six years straight. No, I mean because after Tupac and Biggie died, Master P, it was he was the third in, 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 in you know in, in line. Oh so, yeah, I mean people don't know that at that time Master P was the richest person. He had more money than well, Diddy. Yeah. He had more money than Russell Simmons. Right. He had a gold tank <laughs> because because he had his masters. He was smart, hood guy. All individual sales. Yeah, right. But the guy before him was Ray Charles back in the day. Oh, they had yeah. the asses for black entertainers. Yeah. Right. Master P was straight hood, but he was street and he was smart, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just saying, hey. if you if you got Master P's number, he just came out with some some hootie hoo cereal. Bro, that's I, bro, I know. Yesterday. Bro. Ooh, rap snacks. Yep. Hootie hoo, what you gonna do? Yeah. I'm going to, listen, I'm going to buy those tomorrow. I gotta support that man. Yeah, I know. I, I just see rap snacks. I haven't seen the other stuff yet. But when it come when, when I see it hit the shelf. I will make sure to go and buy and support him. For sure. Um, uh, so when did you start playing football? Seventh grade. Uh, I didn't play Little League football. I was undersized. I was very small. My mama worried about us getting hurt or injured. Uh, but the seventh grade, the first day of football, I quit. Okay. So, yeah, so that was kind of uh, strange. And I tell a lot of kids that because they're like, 
okay, you, you won two Super Bowls, you got this far. But, yeah, I quit. I was a softy. I hated contact. And I remember I had to tackle my cousin. He was twice the size as me, and he ran over me, man, twice. But for the entire seventh grade year, every time the bell rung at the end of the day, I was the most miserable person walking to the locker room to put on my uniform to go practice. Damn. Yeah. So uh, a lot has changed in between. Um, when did you start running him over? I didn't. So <laughs> he might be in your house right now. Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> I did, bro. Look, in the eighth grade, he had a full beard, man. And, uh, he was two or three times bigger than me. He was the fullback, middle linebacker, Mark Grant. That's again, that's my cousin, man. And I'm like, I'm not doing this, man. I took my helmet off, threw my helmet off because the first time he ran over me, bro, it's like my, my I was looking through my earpiece on my helmet, right? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, what in the hell? And then the second time, coach was like, hey, Green, get up there. Back in the day, coaches were cursing at you, right? Back so in the day? Shit. <laughs> yeah, get his ass up there and hit somebody. And um, the second time, I almost swallowed my mouthpiece. Oh, damn. And I got up shaking, snot coming out my nose. I'm looking around. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, F this. I'm gone. But my coach, rest his soul, he died maybe eight years ago. He ran me down, cussing me out. And he was like, I'm going to tell your mama. I'm going to tell your father. I didn't give a shit. And then he said, you know what? I'm going to tell your older brothers. When he said that, I stopped in my track. I stopped where I was walking. I stopped. Shit. I turned around, I went back up because I know my older brothers that was going to beat me up if I would have went home and they, they heard that their younger brother quit because they were playing football as well. They was in college playing football. Damn. Yeah, so after that, man, didn't quit anything. I now, didn't I'm, think... I'm going to say everything. I'm divorced. I did <laughs> give up on that. <laughs> but other than that in life, I am not a quitter, man. I don't care. You give it to me, I will finish it. I feel, listen, I, I, I tell my kids like all the time, I ran into somebody one time, my uncles brought me to some party and some guy was like, you need to save money at this, at that time I might have been 12 and I was like, I can't save money and the dude was like, don't ever say you can't do anything. I, this is the first time I ever met this dude. I still know the guy's name till today. Wow. Just because of that statement, I try to tell people the same thing because it, it was very important. I still can't save money, but I could do all <laughs> everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is is football the only sport that you're good at, or did you say I'm quitting football? I'm I'm, I'm taking this to cross country skiing. I mean, I did track. I won state discus my last year. We won state as a team. We had a pretty good track team. What'd you uh, throw? I won state discus too. I was shitty, man. But I mean, my best throw ever was like 179. But what I won the state. hell? I threw 142. That's ridiculous. Are you kidding me? Oh, <laughs> look. My, instead, I did 155. But I'm gonna say this. I was I was up and down, man, and I mean that was over that was two years of throwing the disc because I had shot put, but I had two of my cousins that was bigger and stronger than me. Mm-hmm. They threw the shot put. I sucked at shot. I, I I knew so the problem is that we all threw disc against this dude that we knew we were losing against. He threw that shit two twenty. Oh, he, he was. Went, big, he had no, to get a scholarship. He wasn't. Oh yeah, he was. He wasn't even big. He was this small white dude, and Heck. we were at a meet where the discus circle was in the middle of the track, and he yeah. threw the disc so far that it bounced on the track and almost hit somebody in the stands. Dude, he was a monster, then, bro. Yeah, he was definitely a monster. Twenty, bro. 
that's that's collegiate all day. Oh yeah, his, his name was Derek Anderson. He definitely went collegiate. Um, he went to Northeastern right right from there. Um, I guess this answers that question because my, my next question was going to be: Were you always great at football? Did everything just click one year? But oh. obviously that's not the truth. So when did oh. that click? Uh, okay. So I have a twin brother named Jason. He was more talented than I was. Uh, he was a little probably twenty pounds lighter than me, but he had more. He had more. He had he had more of a dog attitude. You know, he was he was he was junkyard more like don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, ninth grade, my ninth grade year to tenth grade. So in ninth grade, we played special teams. And back in the day, we played freshman team. We played varsity team. So we were playing. Some weeks we played three games. For like six, seven weeks, but you know these days kids can't do that. Mm-hmm. Parents gonna pull them out. Don't kill my kids. This and that. So it's so it's so it's so different now than back in the day, man. How many water breaks did you really get back in the day? I mean, I don't remember, bro. It wasn't it wasn't a lot. We got. I I remember when I was a freshman and I was a sophomore. We didn't really get much. When nope. I when I was a senior is when like uh, Corey Stringer had just died. So oh, it was like we getting halfway. Minnesota Vikings, right? Yeah, he changed everything, and I'm gonna say this before we jump into what kind of where I I developed into the the ball player. I I think it's all the the drugs. I think it's the food, the stuff they're putting in, all the GMOs in the food that's making our kids a lot weaker than what they were when we when we grew up. So it, it's a lot of things, bro. It's just not genetics, bro. It's science as well. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, the human race. As you know, as we develop and evolve, unquestionably, I mean, us both haven't been to Costa Rica. Like me and my wife talk about this all the time. If you buy eggs in the United States, they have them in the fridge. If you buy eggs in Costa Rica or any other Latin American country, that's not in the fridge because they don't add additives to it, and it's a completely different type of egg right. as opposed to what we're dealing with here. So all those little things definitely make changes, especially with like stuff like you know torn ACLs. We're working out due to bigger, due to stronger, due to faster, but they don't they're not as flexible. As genetically, you're right. I agree. I agree. And um it's true, it's all about conditioning, man. muscle memory and conditioning. So now look, I know so from ninth to tenth grade, my brother and I we always used to get in fights. This was like the major, major fight. And that summer, I was lifting weights, um shit, twice a day. I had a little weight set. In my barn, but in the backyard, that I was finding different stuff. People was giving me stuff. If I had blocks or tree barks, I was picking them up because I was a big fan of Rocky. Rocky <laughs> did you that? Well, you didn't get yeah. no snow though. <laughs> no, I did. My superhero, man. So, um, and then I remember the last fight we had. Me and my brother was fighting over a Star Crunch Pie, Little Debbie Star Crunch Pie. Yep. And we kicked the front door in. We bust a fish tank. We broke a window. We broke the couch. My dad, I don't know where he was at. He was probably working to the back of the lane somewhere. My mom said, look, since I'm the oldest twin, I have a twin brother, Jason. Since I'm the oldest twin by one minute, you need to leave the house. So as I, I left the house that day. That's when everything changed. And we, we started, and every time we got in an argument, I had to leave the house. Leave the house. And... 
I started walking, 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 and back in the day, we didn't have all the little stopwatches and the time for your steps. That's the only so, thing you could do when you grew up is walk. It wasn't like you was going to a store. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so as I started walking, I went and got in the, I, I'm going to use my, the, the family car. I went and got a spray spray paint can, and around my neighborhood, I, I, every mile, I, I got out and marked the X on the ground. Mile, marked the X. Mark the X. So I kind of had an understanding of what a mile was. Mm-hmm. From that point, I said, you know what? Hell with it. If I'm walking, let me start jogging. So I started jogging and jogging, but I was doing it more to relieve stress. It was nothing about, oh, I'm going to do this to get better. Uh-huh. I started jogging. I'm like, damn, this shit feel pretty good. Kept jogging. You know, one, two you know, laps turned to one mile, two mile, three mile, four mile. I think the most I was doing was seven miles. And I started running, and I started running like if, if it had a bad snow, uh, rainstorm, I ran through bad weather. I ran up behind the levee. I ran on sand. I ran up and down the levee. I, I started doing these, these regular at-home workouts with no weights, no bands, no parachutes, no no nothing. Yeah, I started doing style. Then the, and then, bro, and then from ninth to tenth. Well, I know from eighth to, to, to ninth grade, we had a growth spurt. Mm-hmm. I probably did 25, 30 pounds, grew three inches. You know, and uh, but I started doing all those little things, man. Tenth grade year, I was a freaking animal on the field because of my endurance. Now, I mean, you know, naturally strong, good genes, genetics to my parents, but I was never a kid that hey, this kid gonna be the next blah blah blah. That never happened. But when I got into tenth grade and started making plays and 130 tackles later and 10 sacks and they said, "Man, this guy he could be something." And my brothers was always there. It was always you know, watching, uh, you know, being a mentor. And loving grade came and I mean, dude, it got to the point. My last year in college, I mean, high school, I mean, I, I left. I left Louisiana second rated player. Um, out, out of all high school players, I was 11th ranked defensive lineman. Uh, you know, I don't know, 140 tackles my last year, 20 plus sacks, 40 plus TFLs. I was a wrecking, I was a wrecking ball, man. On the field. I, th- I mean, I think that's that. It's it's actually perfect for you to be the person because you know if if, if we're trying to tell people, okay, this is the mindset that you have to have going through there. It's not the mindset of somebody that was just so goddamn talented that. I was never that no. they made a mistake in the NFL and went, oh, you know what, uh, Jamarcus Russell? I guess we were wrong. It's not like that. It's like you worked the entire time yeah. to the point where, we, you know, it was almost like an underappreciation to the point where you rode it all the way to the damn Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that was it, man. Worked hard. College, I mean, got in a car wreck my, 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 my freshman year and had serious back injuries and wore a back brace for almost, you know, a, a body cast from here down to my hip for like two, three months. That's got to be, that's Louisiana healthcare. That's oh. not, <laughs> they don't, they wouldn't do that in Massachusetts. <laughs> a damn Forrest Gump body cast. <laughs> man, look, I went you so much, man. And I remember my, my, my freshman race shirt year, I started getting the pain in my back and I, then I had spinal thesis, my L3, L5 was deteriorating. I had some fractures. I mean, I still got them today, but I've been using stem cell. But the thing is that I remember, bro, when we they give us painkillers mm-hmm. by the bottles. I remember for the games, man. In college? Dude, yeah. Or in I high mean, school? I'm, 40, I'm 41, so I remember at the time. I'm was, 37. Was, we ain't that far away, man. Well, well, it was the Napa Sun. People say it different. Uh-huh. And then I used to get, I used to get, uh, I used to get Vikes. 
I used to get uh, Toradol. I used to get all kind of shit. I remember during the Dolphin set, I, used to, I remember the games, bro. I had like a little Ziploc bag. I have it sounds like a damn Eminem track. Bro, I, used to, I used to get them, and then like I pop before the game. I'm on the field chewing fucking painkillers, man. My first two years after I, I messed my back up. And I mean, but look, when I said I played with vengeance, I played, but I mean, I was shitting tears, man. Mm-hmm. I, bro, my first year at LSU, I mean, I was All-American. I did this, I did that, but I played with pain, bro. And people could say they play with pain. I, I had a broken back, man. And I played, and they told me, look, Jarvis, Jack Marucci, he's the trainer there now. He's the same guy that made Marucci bats, the curse buster, the Boston Red Sox. He's the same trainer at LSU now, good friend of mine. He said, look, Jarvis, you redshirted the first year. He said, you're going to have to do a medical redshirt. I said, can I curse on here? Yeah, you already did three damn times. Oh, this is the perfect podcast, baby. Say whatever you want. I told Jack, I told the trainers, the doctor, I said, fuck y'all. Let me sign that fucking sheet of paper. I ain't doing no medical red shirt. You like L- be- LT in any given Sunday. I ain't going to be for no freaking six years. And they say, look, you could be paralyzed. I say, fuck it. I made this fucking fuck. And, you know, I had a higher power watching me. Yeah, you knew it was time. Listen, I'm going until that contract gets signed at this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's make it or break it. <laughs> Raven, look, you're right. And my thing was, all my guys, I was so competitive. All my guys that came out with me out of high school, I didn't want them to pass me up. Mm-hmm. I said, I played as well. I said, hell with it, man. And then I did it. Played my years. And then I had a bad ankle injury uh, my junior year in college. I was going to leave my sophomore year. I wish I could find the paperwork, bro. I was a Mel Kuyper's. I was a 20 pick in Mel Kuyper's first round draft going into my junior year. Mm-hmm. And then Saban came. I had a bad ankle injury. I, I never was the same. And then that junior year, terrible. So my first two years, I had 15 sacks, 30 TFLs, 100 t- tackles. And then my last two years, I think I had like five sacks, 50 tackles. It was terrible. But I got drafted fourth round. You still remember that, so CTE ain't hitting you yet. Not yet. <laughs> Yo, so listen, in the, in the comments, I got your star crunch, little diabetes, and then, yeah. I, and then I got, first of all, Jarvis, admit that, that Charles Woodson play on Brady was a fumble. <laughs> You from the LA? He's from LA. <laughs> that that's TT from freaking Costa Rica. He's and oh, he, al- he he also said you still owe him a plate of rice. <laughs> you, you know what? <laughs> hey, you know what? That was a fumble, man. But you can't take it back now. You know what? If that play would have called a fumble, it, it probably would have been the Raiders who would have been that. No, coming back there. No, no, don't say that, man. I'll fucking edit this whole shit out. Get out of here. Don't give him no goddamn ammo. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what would happen with the dynasty after that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I mean, you you kind of you hinted at it a little bit, but like, what what was your um your family structure like when you grew up? Like, both parents, house. Yeah, my mom and dad was there, but we had uh I had four other siblings. My mom had two set of twins, so. It was my older brother. He was ten. You know, he was ten years older than my tw- my first. My other brother's sister. They twins, so they're like eight years older than I am. And then it's me, and my, my my other brother. How many kids is there? I was that confused the hell out of five me. total. Five total. Okay. Four, five total. One girl, four boys. Okay. She's probably the meanest girl ever. Yeah, she is. She's a bully. 
beat the shit out of us, man. <laughs> All the time, bro. I'm like, I know my brother got older, my, my twin. He jumped on and beat up, man. He was, he remember those days of getting bullied, man. You know. So what was really gonna happen is your coach was gonna tell your sister. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> that was it. So so we grew up, man. We had chickens. So my dad, he 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 um, high school drop well, drop out of high school, drop out shit, drop out of school seventh grade. Met my mom. Went and got a GED. My mom was there for him all the way through. Then he went to Vietnam War. Thank God he got a GED. He was doing trade school, so he went to Germany for two years, worked on tanks and missiles and all that shit. And then he became a welder. In 1979, he broke his back. Mm. That's a we, listen, hold on. We all got some weak backs in your family, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who else broke their back? <laughs> he, 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 he fell like like two stories, bro. He could have died, but he, he survived. Damn. And he, he went straight back surgery. Since then, he had 16 back surgeries. My dad's all messed up. But we... So we grew up on welfare. When I got to NFL, I went back to my mom and said, Mom, we was poor. Mm-hmm. We was like broke. You know, and I remember she said, No, we weren't. We was rich, but we had a lot of love. You know? So did they own their own house? Did you guys own the house? Yeah, yeah we did. We had about an acre of land. So shit. That's, I always say this. This is crazy. The difference between poor up north, like Massachusetts, where I'm from, I live in Florida now, and poor down south. If poor down south, you still own some shit. Poor up north don't own shit. That's right. Look, look, we had, okay, we, you're right. We had an acre of land that we had. Uh, we had like maybe five or six Great Danes. My dad, we had about 300, 400 pigeons. We had about 30 chickens. We had about 300 pigeons with Mike Tyson? Yeah. My... <laughs> Get out of here. It's like training day. And, <laughs> and my dad, we didn't know, man. That's how he made his money. Cause he, we wasn't making really, he wasn't making really shit with Social Security. Uh-huh. We all got a piece of Social Security, but he was making money on raising pigeons, selling pigeons, racing them, selling the Great Danes. We sold out cats, and we kept our chickens. And when we was broke after the fifteenth of the month, we had eggs every freaking day, man. And we had fried bread, commodity peanut butter and commodity ham and pork and beef. And guess what? We did not complain, man. You, I mean, ignorance is bliss, and ignorance is bliss. And I mean, where you were at, it wasn't it, a big part of where we're at today. Is that everybody's showing you? I always go back to the last verse of the Grandmaster Flash song, "The Message," because it shows you everything you're looking at is why you want it. But happiness, you know, can come in all different types of forms. And you know, you sitting there like that at that point, you didn't you didn't know no better. You didn't know that I need all this gold and all this other shit. I mean, you grow into it, and then you know. Yeah. You're like, damn! I couldn't go back to that 300 pitches now, but where you at? Yeah. I mean, Raymond, my my life is simple, man. I just bought a house two months ago. Me and my older brother, but my life is simple, man. Like the day I got the day the day I retired, it's like I had I had some good sleep, man. The day I retired from NFL. Well, that's a good. I mean, it's the same thing, you know. And and we can definitely address these questions as we move forward. But like somebody, I remember Logan Mankins when he was holding out. He was oh, yeah. like, I have a zero net property. He had the same type of situation that what you're talking about. It's like, I don't give a shit about money. I can do whatever the hell I want right here on, this, on my farm that I have and, and survive on that farm. And even when I stopped playing football, which it's the same type of mindset. It's a, it's a physical outlet. People are like, well, do you miss it? And I'm like, no, because I have feel I, you grow over time and you feel that you have so much more shit to offer the world and so much more stuff to learn that I just don't guess. It's just a, a phase of your life that helps you graduate to something else. 
That's it, man. That was, you know what? That's right. And I see a lot of my friends. I went to school for construction management. So I see a lot of guys that's like owning companies now. And I'm like, damn. I mean, these cats had a nine-year start on me. We all graduated out of college, but they was working the game and starting from the bottom, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it's, I mean, I, you know, I see them now, but, like, since what I'm doing now, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to go do a nine-to-five now. I mean, I've been working for myself since I retired. So It's, it's impossible. Of, it ain't hard. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah, impossible. Because yeah. once you realize your own potential, you can't do that. It's, yeah. just, it's the worst shit ever after that. Trust me. I know. <laughs> um, when you think of, like, football player stereotypes what comes to mind and I mean with you you're a, a black football player lineman from the south so I'm sure you've heard it all look man I hate it man I mean when people talk shit about you know if, if I'm doing some type of business oh he's just a football player or, oh he just took his money and did that he didn't have to earn nothing or he didn't start from the bottom I start from the fucking bottom mm-hmm. that 0-9-7 from the bottom yeah spray painting goddamn lines for miles I, no money into it. I mean, I got, I retired. I can tell you this, man. Look, people don't know this. So, 07, 08, 09, I owned a liquor store. I owned a restaurant. I had a great foundation, made money. Uh, all those times, all through that time, I, I was invested in some stuff in North Dakota. I remember in, in a three, four year time frame, the stock market crash. Mm-hmm. Lost two plus mil. I had a deal in North Dakota that went to shit. Lost another mil. Uh, got divorced. I had to close my restaurant. Sold my liquor store. I had, I had maybe five or seven lawsuits in four years, bro. When I said, when I, and, and I'm gonna say this, didn't lose an ounce of sleep. Mm. Didn't. You know, I mean, it just that so much happened. But to me, it was like, was I'm gonna say this? I wasn't Job in the Bible, but. I was reading that scripture. I was reading that book. I was reading that book over and over again when I was going through all these trials and tribulations, man. And I, I just stood on my knees. I prayed and prayed and prayed that I would get out of this mm-hmm. without killing myself, you know. For sure. And, 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 and I did. And I think a lot of people, like you said, they see me now. They say, oh, he's just a football player. I'd be like, go fuck yourself, man. You don't know who the hell I am or what I've been through, what I've done. I mean, all, we all go through shit, you know. So, like... I hate I hate when people stereotype man. They need to like meet us for who we are, man. Talk to us, you know. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because it's 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 an unfair, you know, stereotype of where you're at. As just to say that you didn't work as hard as you worked um, <clears throat> to get where you're at, just because all of a sudden you play football for a couple of years. But you know, there's dudes that play football for twenty years that still don't know what to do after they get out of it. You know and, what? You know what? And they're still in the same place, man. You know what's crazy too? You know who texted me today? And we were we were teammates for six months. Demarius Thomas, remember? Ah, him? Yep, from the Broncos. Yep, and he came to the, the New England. He texted me. He said, "Hey Jay, um, it's Demarius." He said, "Hey Mr. Green, what's going on?" You know, he said, and then he said, "Hey, this is Demarius Thomas." I said, "Damn, he still got my number in his phone." And uh, I haven't changed my number in years. And he was like, "Hey, could you help me with, help me out and give me some feedback on the shrimp business?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's up, brother? You blessed? Let's talk. So, you know, so just little things like that for me to be a mentor to give back to people because like, when I got into the shrimp business, people were trying to cut my throat, man. Of course. Everybody, everybody would call me Bubba. I say, I ain't no fucking Bubba. I'm Tom fucking Hanks. You know? Yo, that, I, I, listen, I read an article earlier. I read that, um, it was a Forbes article that said that. Oh, Bubba Gump. And I said, that's the most disrespectful shit. And I was going to, I was going to bring that up to you because, you know, when people refer to, 
fuck to to whatever Bubba fucking and and Forrest Gump. It's a joke. It's a mm-hmm. joke. It's like look at this dude. Like he just says shrimp a bunch of times, and I'm like that's a that's disrespectful to somebody that's busting their fucking ass to build mm-hmm. their own business. You're not a cartoon character. You're a businessman. Yeah, I'm real. I'm the real. Yeah, he's fuck yeah, it's a movie, man. <laughs> Like so, but but you know that's kind of where I'm at now. So like I'm I'm doing that with Ocean's ninety seven, and uh, I went through all my stuff with selling the Stop and Shop, Market Basket, a bunch of other supermarkets, and right now uh, I have a new product. It's like a shrimp patty in a can. So I will bring a bunch of cans to Costa Rica. Okay. You know, to, uh, just to give out to some of the families so at least they could try it. You know what I mean? But now I'm on Amazon now with it. And a lot of things are going on now with it and COVID. I mean, it's just so many things happen, man. And like we talked earlier about just you got to pivot, you know. So, like, I've been doing a lot of PPE and I've been selling a lot of masks, but it's been more been like government contracts. Yeah. That's so just to get in that arena. Uh, I mean, I do stuff with the government already. It's very small, but but just I guess you got to be in the room to get called on. If you're not in the room, you can't get called on. For right? sure. For sure. You know? Um, so that's really been a blessful, you know, blessed for me, you know. I mean, I say that all the time, and, and I'm I'm actually looking at starting a food truck. Well, not looking at it. I'm starting a food truck in three months, mm-hmm. and, and one of my old bosses actually is investing in kind of our success financially. And, and I told him the other day, I said, man, you have no idea how much this means to me that somebody was able to finally see my potential and want yeah. to help right. out so that we can do those type of things. But with that being said, if somebody is willing to invest the time, you have to be willing to take on the challenge. Because there's a lot of times where you look at stuff and just go, you know what, nah, now's not the time. I don't want to take that risk. But eventually, you're going to have to take that risk if you want to succeed on that big level. I understand. That's that's 100%, man. And I don't know. I have three kids, man. So it's just crazy with the millennials and whatever. Me too. <laughs> it's just the mentality, though, of, of society. And it's scary because everybody looking at rap videos, they're looking at YouTube, everybody trying to be a YouTube star, uh, TikTok star, and, and they, they forget about tradition and working hard and starting from the bottom and earning your your, your take, you know? So it's just sad with that mentality. That's kind well, of everybody's, telling the, the, everybody's telling the easy money stories, and, and like every successful minority that I bring on my podcast, that's the reason why we're doing it because I don't want to tell you that the fucking end result. I don't want to tell you I'm drinking champagne in the club somewhere. I want to tell you how you drink champagne in the club somewhere. You know what I'm saying? How you build yourself up to that level to be, you know, not only a successful football player, but just a successful man in general, a character yeah. individual. I agree. I agree. Um, who's the best player you ever played with or against? I played with in the NFL. I mean, dude, look, I could see a lot of guys in the Patriots. I've been blessed to be there, and I could run off and talk about, you know, Richard Seymour, Ty Warren, Vince Wolfart, you know, Junior Seah, you know, Teddy Bruschi, Ted Johnson, Roman Pfeiffer, Ty Law, you know. Um, Man, you played with Tom Brady and Randy Moss. Stop that nonsense. Rodney Harrison, Randy Moss, Tom Brady, <laughs> Mankins. I got so many guys, but, I mean, best player, high profile, I mean, Junior Seah. That's the best player? And you you I mean, wasn't even like, you didn't see Prime Seah, like on Charger Seah. No, I didn't, man. And me and him hung out. I did some of his breakfast club stuff. I mean, we hung out a bunch of times when he was here. Rest his soul, you mm-hmm. know, rest in peace. And um, I mean, now, I mean, shit. Raven was my guy, you know, on defense. I mean, but we were so compatible on defense, everybody. You could look at somebody. 
I mean, shit, William McGinnis. I mean, so many guys. You can look at somebody and be like, damn, I'm about to, I'm about to do this. You know what I'm about to do. I, I mean, listen, I talked about this on my last show. We had a fucking fourth and one one time. My coach, who's actually in the comments, called an all-out gap blitz, right? Mm-hmm. And this is this is the definition of why we we're not able to turn it into what you what you're talking about right now. I know it's all-out gap blitz. I know we have all the gaps covered. Somebody at Southern linebacker takes it upon himself before the snap to go. Oh, they saw that I was coming and stopped. So on a fourth and one on the thirty-five, it turns into a thirty-five-yard touchdown. Mm. And I said, "The fuck happened?" He goes, "He knew I was coming, so I dropped back." I go. Well, that's the gap. They just ran up the fucking gap that you were supposed to be in. Yeah, so that that play. exactly that exactly what you said is is a perfect explanation because when you're on a football field to be completely in sync and trust that man next to you means everything because you know that he's going to be there. I talked to um, what's his uh the Steve Diossi one time yeah. and he yeah, said yeah. that he went when he went to the fucking Giants. The coach just told him, "Your job is to hit this fucking man." I didn't tell you to make the tackle. You occupy that man so LT can make the tackle. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everybody's the unsung hero for, Jack, for LT, man. Everybody. Exactly. Do, you, do your job, huh? For sure. That's, the, that, that's that Patriots motto. So, one player that's the best player you ever play with <laughs> or against. Like, damn, I, I mean, can't stop this motherfucker yeah, at all. I mean, Junior, I guess, say at his age, but. For the best, I mean, golly, man! This I remember. I seen um, Marshawn Lynch when he was in Buffalo. Yeah. Wolfork jumped on his back and he carried him for like ten yards. I was yeah. like, God damn! Yeah, he was a monster, man. <laughs> um, I mean, my my guy who I who who I played well with was Roosevelt Colvin and Mike Vrabel, Coach Mike Vrabel. I loved Colvin. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of stopped on the video, huh? Who you? Now you're good. Oh, well, it froze up on my side. Okay. There's a delay. Echo, echo for me. Okay. So now against, man, um, Jesus. I mean, when I was a rookie, man, I played against a bunch of guys. They was on their way out. But, I mean, I played against Orlando Pace, uh, <clears throat> Roman. Oh, yeah, Orlando uh, Pace was at uh, the Rams? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was so big, though, bro. I remember third quarter, I had my hands shaking trying to hold him up. Well, like Larry Allen. Okay. I, I think he I think he left right before me because I know I played against Leonard Davis when he was there. I had a field day against him though, but I mean Lando Pace, uh oh, Jonathan Ogden. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what about like a running back? Like i I felt like I played against running back sometimes and you could just best be standing back? in front of him and be like, I can't tackle this motherfucker ever. Best running back? You played against, yeah. Ricky Williams, dude. I love Rick Williams. You're like hitting a tank, bro. Is this a New Orleans thing? No. Did you see that? Yo, did you see that shit in with Ricky Williams when in Texas the police rolled up on him and they were like, I don't know who you he was going to an Earl Campbell event and he was walking around somebody's backyard. It was like three years ago and the police rolled on, they circled him and he was like, I'm Ricky Williams and they were like, I don't know who that is. And I'm like, You don't know who Ricky Williams is and this is Texas? Are you crazy? (laughs) All time leading Russian Texas all all but I mean, God damn. Yeah, you can take that out. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Ricky Williams, man, when he was at Miami he could have 42 carries, and I remember, like, when I first got to the NFL, like, you play high school, middle school, high school, college. So as you get higher level, like, you could hit people and run them over. High school, I did that. I ran against a, a few people that I hit that were like, damn, this shit hurt. College, you got more guys. In the NFL, every running back you hit, it hurts. That's So 
I this is a funny story. Like I, even when I played, I was probably like I, I might have been knocked down twice in my entire career, mm-hmm. and I was like I hit hard. That's what I do. It was a year that we played against this fucking dude, and obviously we're amateur, but this dude was in the NFL. And he wasn't the we you would get trickle down NFL guys that were old that were just like I want to keep playing football, but the only reason he wasn't in the NFL is because he blew out his Achilles. I'll shout him out. Name's Ryan Paldrell. He played for USC with Reggie Bush. Wow. Okay. Fullback went to the Steelers. We played against this motherfucker. I was playing fullback and ran full speed at him the first time. I was like, oh shit, and fell down. And the next time it was like an epic, just crashing steal me. And I said, this is the hardest dude I've ever hit. And I'm like, if the NFL is like this, where you hit like this every play, I, yo, Ray Lewis didn't wear a mouthpiece. I didn't That's, wear a mouthpiece when I played. No, but he's a lot, middle linebacker, so there's a different thing there. Like yeah, yeah, running full impact. speed, he got more impact, right? Yeah, running at a fullback without a mouthpiece. Shit. And then Ricky yeah. Williams in, at Texas was in the backfield with Priest Holmes. That's a crazy combo. Dude, that was crazy, dude. I mean, Rick, <laughs> like, I mean, I remember when I was, hit, I was hitting guys. My arms are getting all sore and bruised. I said, I had to hit some up some more dumbbells, man. To get the guns hard. But it was, some dudes are just solid and don't even got nothing really to do with weights. It's like, damn, I just hit a fucking brick. That's right. But I'm going to say this, Raymond. After the game, bro, my first year, because you hit a wall. Guys don't hit a wall no more because football now is like powder puff, man. It ain't it ain't the seven days straight, two a days. It ain't the contact because of all the rules of concussion. But I can remember... I remember my rookie year. You hit the wall because you know you got you got so many games to play in college, the NFL, you know, sixteen game season. So if you play the entire season all all the way through the Super Bowl, it's twenty six weeks of football. Mm-hmm. It's half of the year, pretty much, right? Yeah. But I can remember um, I hit a wall my first year. It was like week twelve, I think. I hit a wall. I was like dead, couldn't get out of bed. But after every game, when I said you're not limping, you're like walking like an old man after every game. Like the next day, you get up. I'm like, God damn! Like, what happened? Yeah, and whole you, hands and arms and shits bruises everywhere. <laughs> but your your finger bent to the left. Well, I, mean, I got look, listen. I got that. Look at that yeah, finger. Yeah, look at that yeah. thing. Look, look, I seen Tory Holt's hand. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I think bro. I was in the scrum with the Cowboys. This one dude grabbed my shit and pulled it back, and I grabbed his nuts. I'm like, <laughs> let go because I ain't letting go first. <laughs> But I can remember the times you so beat down, man, and you're like, damn. But then, you know, your body get conditioned somewhat as you play more years. You know, you get more physical, you know, more, you know, physicality. But still, man, it's like hit, hitting the wall every every play. Shit, every in play. later years, I had to be like, damn, I forgot what it's like to stop and cleat. My knees hurt. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to say this too, man. I got PTSD. Like, if I go on a turf, I start aching, bro. Or if I walk up the floor, <laughs> Like, I went and worked out today, but I got to go on my own because when I started, when I retired, I started going with trainers. And when they start saying, oh, you're not working hard enough for this or that, sometimes I just dropped everything and left. <laughs> I said, look, bro, I'm, I'm not. I, I already bring, worked hard enough. This is time for me to just stay in beat shape. <laughs> you know, I didn't bring you to pump me up and give me motivation. I just want you to give me shape and make sure I'm straight. I said, I've been through that already, bro. People screaming down your ear talking about you're not running hard enough, you know? For sure. So, what, um, Who's the best player that never made it that you knew? That never made it? To the league. Like, I know people that I played against, and it was like, damn, what the fuck are you doing here? But you, you there was little things that you knew, like, that's it right there. I got a few guys. Like, like look, my, my high school team, I mean, we had three guys that played that went to the league on my high school 
uh, team, you know. Damn. And I mean, my brother should have made it. Fuck, my fucking brother, my twin brother. Mm-hmm. I know somebody who should have made it. Him. He okay. didn't make it. There you go. You know, I mean, I know a few other guys, but he should have made it. He envy that shit every day now, you know. So it sucks. What type of um, what type of student were you in high school? And what type of student were you in college? Uh, oh, dumb as rocks, man. Now I'm just. <laughs> So they just push you through with all those damn sacks. Gave you the Maurice Claret. <laughs> you was showing up to car washes. Uh, no. Um, I was big in math, engineering. I went. I, I mean, I graduated in uh, construction management, but we take a lot of engineering courses. Uh, English grammar, vocabulary. I mean, that was never my best subject, but I gotta say, all through high school. College, I mean, besides besides uh, geometry and calculus, two and three, I mean, I made all, all B's in math all the way through. But then English and shit, that shit was hard, man. Mm. That's Put that's Louisiana. That's just oh different. yeah, I can't I can't do it. So I was a good student, man. I mean, high school two point seven two eight. I walked across the the the. the uh, I graduated two point three GPA, man. Okay. You know, I did all my work five years in school. I, I, I took classes every year, every summer, every intercession. I did that for four years. And I had my summer job. I worked a summer job every year. I worked, we had holidays, we had spring breaks. And I went to school, man, and I played football. So that was, that was my load, bro. And I, and I did it, and uh, I did it. I did it. For sure. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the reason I asked you these questions is because, like, I'm in. Like, obviously, I, I sell football uniforms everywhere in the world. Um, I've fucking sold them. Like I said, like, I, like we, we talked before the show, um, Midland, Texas, one year, me and my partner, my business partner, getting fucking yelled at by some lady because her six-year-old's jersey, the nameplate is not stitched. The numbers are stitched, tackle 12. But the nameplate was not stitched at six. I said, this, you guys are taking this shit kind of seriously. And then now I'm in a group, a, Pinel, a group of Pinellas, which is like, Every youth league in the Pinellas County in Florida, and you have grown ass adults arguing with each other and shit, and talking about how their son is the shit. And they built like coaching profiles for themselves with with nicknames. And I'm like, this ain't got nothing to do with your kids. So that's what killing our that's what killing our kids and self entitlement that the parents fucking build up. And all and then it's like, oh my goodness, it's terrible, man. Then they go they play little league football, and then they get to middle school, high school. The coach can't tell them shit. I saw a fucking kid one time. He was playing Brookline Pop Warner. It was on the fucking E-team. Every single time he caught the ball, and I make the uniforms for Brookline Pop Warner, it was a fucking 80-yard run. Every single time. Two years after that, he wasn't doing shit. Because everybody's going to catch up to you eventually, and then you're going to have to turn that from your natural talent to your work, of course, unless you're like a fucking super elite talent. Yeah, and that's a small percentage of them. Because, right? I mean, people don't realize that even Randy Moss was doing insane beach 200 sprint workouts. They think he's just a super freak without the work. Yeah, right. He he always works, right? <laughs> he just didn't show up. Do you feel that there was guys in the NFL that didn't deserve to be there? Yep. Oh, damn. Okay. Fuck you. Look, look, Fuck you doing look, here. You ain't even good. <laughs> look at the quarterbacks now. What Kaepernick had? Hey! I should end this shit right now. That was the greatest statement ever. You got backup dudes making seven, eight million a year, and they terrible, terrible. 
and most of them, they play 30% of the year. Because if you can let them start, they start off great. I can name a few, but I won't. You tell me this fucking dude Kaepernick is at home? After dismantling the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs? I mean, black world, white world, man, it's still, it is what it is. It's truthful, man. It sucks. And, I mean, you know. And I mean, Ryan it's like Fitzpatrick starting in the NFL. It, it, <laughs> it goes back to like fucking 40 acres in a meal, man. You know, we got it, and they took it from us, man. For sure. Now we got to fight through this bullshit just to get to the front again. I mean, it is what it is. I'm going to keep fucking fighting. You can keep fucking fighting. For sure. Fucking, together. You know? Together. Without question. We're going we're gonna to make it. Everybody in, in, in the comments is going to make it as two. Um, what was the hardest part that you could put your finger on specifically about making it to the league? That you had to just be like, all right, you know what? I have to get serious about this shit or else I'm not going to be there. My For me, my first year and a half, bro, I made so many fucking mental errors. I thought I was going to get cut every game. So, like, like every, So before you even got to that point. I mean, mentally, I was just fucked up in the head. Mentally, leaving Saban and then going to Belichick, I think for me it was more about just being consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, and then I was a fourth-round draft pick. I wasn't supposed to be in the league this say. That's what they say. And it's different than the first-round draft pick guy. But right now, it doesn't matter what, what pick you get drafted in. It matters about what you do on the field and off the field as well. So for me, I think it's more about just being consistent, man. And I had to make plays. You make no plays, you don't play, bro. You know, I think that I, even with that, I think there's a very big difference between that 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 that, that harping on consistency with Belichick and, and and another coach. So like, and you kind of blended these questions together because my next question would be, what 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 do you think the hardest part of staying in the league was? And, and you kind of answered that as well. Like, I mean, me and me and Bob Kraft went to the same high school. Oh wow, really? Okay. <laughs> So you Man, think that okay. that obviously that consistency in maintaining that pr- productivity and what what does that entail like being you know film weights? Well, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. The coaches they got eyes. They watch. They got scouts that walk around. Yeah, they're scouting for the next guy out of college. A lot of them are scouting for the next guy to take your position. So they're always watching. They're always um, game planning. They're always doing you know top-tier office shit. So working out, I mean, look, we who's accountable, man? So, I mean, showing up for workouts, showing up for even eating, bro. I mean, they're watching you, you know, making sure you got to be there for rehab because I, I can tell you this about Julia, Julian Edelman. He was a practice squad guy for the first two years. Man, I see him all the time. We talk and we laugh. I say, bro, I remember when you came in, dirty nose, missing meetings, getting fined, you're not supposed to be fucking here. The way he said it was eating McDonald's. Yes. And I'm like, bro, you was doing all the wrong shit. But Belichick knew what he had. I, yo, listen. The funny thing you said that, because I was going to segue to an exact fucking video footage of Wes Welker doing some weird ass shit on a punt. And he walked to the sideline and Belichick said, what, what, what was that? And he made some type of joke. And he was like, don't you want to play? And he, and he acted like it was just a, his God-given right to be playing at that point. And at that point, Belichick knew, you're done and Edelman's on. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the thing about Bill. Yeah, because like, I mean, dude, I sat eight years. I sat right side in for nine on seven for, for eight years. And because we all in there and I mean, and like, and, and people don't know this, though, like for third down, I made the call on defense, like for D-linemen. People don't know that. Well, and, they know it now. I didn't know that shit. Damn. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, and then I used to get into it with Seymour, with, with, with Willie, with Vrabel, because I made all Teddy Bruce, I was making all the gap calls, like, for the stunts. They always should get mad at me. Bill was like, you know what? Bill was like, fuck them. Just do your fucking job. They're old guys. Just just do your <laughs> way off. You're the engineer, man. And then I can remember I get in there the next day, and McGinnis was like, oh, uh, young buck fucked up. He made a bad call. And Bill looked. I said, coach, this is the call I made. You know, so I went through that, man. And the biggest thing was just you show up, and you get better every day, man. You get better every single day. You know, you don't, you don't have to blow the, you don't have to blow, blow your wide all in one hit. I mean, it's it's a long season, man. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So I and guess I, so. I guess the question I'm asking is is the you getting better every day? What is that? Does that mean you're in meeting? You're you're in this, the facility early. Does that mean you're lifting weights more, watching film more? Yes, because we started from eight o'clock, and I remember when I went to Denver and Houston. Motherfuckers used to show up at 7.50. In New England, we show up at 6 o'clock, 5.30. In New England, we used to be racing to cut the fucking light on in the weight room. God damn. <laughs> guys should be racing. And then, like, when you walk in there, guys be like, oh, look at, you just getting here? It's 6.45. Two massages, maxing on my bench press. Are you just getting here? Yeah. See, now I know why I'm not in the league. <laughs> I think in my first game, and I, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this, dude. Look, I remember I had my I had my first child, right? And I remember I was, you know, I was happy to be here, fortunate, and I was coming to to practice to the office, like to work, not practice to work, right before it was the, it was like the team meeting. And Pepper Johnson, he said, "Hey, JG, come here, come here, come here, man." Um. This is my freshman, my my my, my rookie. He said, "Hey, you want to play in the league?" So yeah. He said, "Look, man, I know you got a baby. You had a baby. They said you got to come to work a little early, man. You got to come and sit down and watch some film and do this and do that." Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you, 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 you at the time, you know, you say your baby mom gonna be complaining about this and that. But he said, "The only way that you gonna make her feel good, you gonna make this money and make plays." That's how you, you take care of that little one. That's For how sure. you take care of your. That's how you take care of your, your parents. Whoever you got to take care of. Unless you're, tra- unless you're Travis Henry, because there's a lot more little ones there. Oh, I know, I know. Huh? Come <laughs> Whatever you got. Might be 10, 11. Now. Come to work early. Do your job and get it done. You know, it's not about, you know, you, know, you come into the last minute. So, I mean, that was different in New England, man, than every other, every, every other place I've been. So, this is one thing Belichick, what you just said, that's what Belichick always used to say. You get better or you get worse. You never stay the same. That's a great statement. So, I mean, he said, I probably heard it from him 50, 60 times a year. He said, and the next year, he said it again. The next year, he said it again. So, if, if you don't understand that as a player, you get better, you get worse. That's it. You never stay the same. I like it. So, that was the mentality we had, man. Uh, that was my mentality coming in. And, I mean, I remember days I'd get there at 5 o'clock, man. I did so much shit in those three hours, and then, 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 and then, and then the day starts with the first team meeting. You know, so that was just what it was. I mean, we put in 100 hours a week. That's now in the football field. That's that's in the weight room, rehab. Uh, you know, in, in the meeting rooms, uh, on the practice field. You know, after the the day, you're getting your body worked on. You know, you're eating right. You meet with your dietitian. I mean, it's a job, man. It's a job. For sure. Um. 
So, I just went to Oceans97.com. And so go to the no, no, no. Listen, hey, listen. How does Sports Illustrated get that, man? Dude, I w- I'm look. I will sue the fuck out my guy. He used to work for me. He did that shit, and some things happened uh, back in January before COVID nineteen. I remember we, I had a meeting with Kroger. I was in Vegas. It was like a Shark Tank meeting. Mm-hmm. He built me for 18, 19 years, and he was like, "Hey Jarvis, you busy? You got so much shit going on. Just let me finish up the domain." Uh, Give me the emails you need. I didn't think about that. And then some stuff happened with COVID-19. We wanted two big contracts. And some shit got sidetracked. And I pretty much did like a, host- a hostile takeover because he was doing some stuff. Oh, too, listen, I, I, I know all too much about this. So <laughs> so he took the oceans with the S. And he got me with the goddamn third down play with the Giants. who was supposed to illustrate it. They were lost in 2007. So he's a smart guy, but he forgot to take the Ocean 97, so I went and took my Ocean 97, took my domain. Now, I'm fighting through some shit right now with him, and I just haven't had time to really to, to, to concentrate on that, because I got a lot of other shit that's going on mm-hmm. that, that, that caused me more money to get done. So, that's why it's Ocean 97 right now. So, I'm still fighting with that. Hopefully, I get that Man, done man and- that's fine. We could buy, we could buy Ocean97.org if we want, and buy all around yeah, his whole right. shit. Fuck him. You're right. But you go to Ocean 97, then you got all the information. You got the Amazon shit, the shrimp pate. You go order on Amazon. If you're in the three states of Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, you can buy my shit in Rouse's local store and a few other stores in the area. So, so how did you end up starting that brand? And um, like, the Ocean 97. Yeah. Well, I had I had Ocean's Bounty, and I was more like you know um, Bounty, you know uh, a hit sack. Uh, purse, ocean, everything in the ocean. Mm-hmm. You got to pay for it. I got to sack it. I got to hit it. I got to go sell it, right? Yeah. But I couldn't use Ocean Bounty because one of the companies out of uh, Alaska called Ocean Beauty, they had the trademark and the name already. So, I mean, so like, they- what, what made you go from, like, what kind of transpired in between the NFL and then the losing a bunch of money in the stock market to then the one night you just said, you know what? Oh, Shrimp, Ocean oh, 97. Over oh, oh, the seafood business? Yeah. Excuse me. I worked with some Vietnamese, and one of them I owed him a favor from years ago, and he came to me in 2012, and he was like, "Hey Jarvis, um, my family owns a shrimp facility. We got about 90 employees, 90 employees, and we're in the Far East in New Orleans in the, in the freaking boonies." He's like, "Hey, uh, you need to come and help my family uh, sell some shrimp." I said, "Bro, look, I don't owe you this favor, but I don't know anything about goddamn shrimp." I just know what it tastes like. And he said, no, no, you come meet. And, uh, You'll know everything you need to know. He said, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna teach you everything. So I did a six-month internship. Started off with a mop in the room for two weeks. Hey, that's the, that, listen, that's that's it right there. That's the, that's taking that chance right there. Bro, they thought I was freaking crazy. My ex-wife thought I was crazy. My family thought I was nuts. Uh, my friends thought I was crazy. They're like, oh, what happened? You lost all your money? I said, no, nah, I ain't lose all my money. I'm trying so, to keep it forever. Yep, and I want to do something different than just construction. I built some houses just in there, made some money, lost some money. You know, didn't make a dime. Like I said, the market crashed. Everybody lost money yeah. in the market. Then I got into the shrimp business, and I started getting into it. And, I mean, in, in a year and a half, they was, like, just in Louisiana. I was the, I became VP of sales. Um, we went from Louisiana to 1,800 stores. We went from like 
5,000 pounds of shrimp to fucking 150,000 pounds of shrimp a month. God damn. All off of my sales. At one point, the market, the shrimp market crashed because they had a, uh, a virus called EMS, mm-hmm. early mortality syndrome. All the, um, all the, um, the shrimp in Asia, all the foreign-raised shrimp was dying. Mm-hmm. So our shrimp price went up overnight. And I remember my boss went to jail. And he went to jail, and when he went to jail, I was still there. Almost everybody left in upper management. It was me and his fucking wife. She cut the checks. I was still making trips and closing deals. There you go. What the hell did he go to jail for? Shrimp side of trading? Ah, that joke. Uh, 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 <laughs> when, the, when the market, when the EMS kicked in, some people didn't want to change their prices, and he owed a lot of people money. Mm-hmm. And he needed the difference because a lot of shit happened. Some money was lost. Some deals was was screwed up. So it was like I saw that. I learned from that. Uh, the shrimp business it is a dirty business, like a lot of other oh shit, every from. business. Look at the yeah, president. <laughs> so, so it's just crazy that that happened, man. And I'm I, I wasn't even, I didn't fear anything, bro. I'm like I remember when my when, when the VP of sales it was his sister. She left. And I stayed around, and it went it went dark for almost 30, 45 days. I'm like, what a, what a boss at? They said he went back to Vietnam. Nope, he got arrested. He was in jail. Damn. And I made some deals without him. He should have went back to Vietnam. I know. And then I remember one day he got back. Cause we, they own like two restaurants. I remember he got back and said, hey, Jarvis, uh, the boss want to meet with you. I say, what happened? He, just got, he got back from Vietnam or he was in jail? No. I met him and his wife. He was like, Jarvis, I, I got arrested. I say, really? I thought it was a joke. And he was like, he was looking around. I said, where everybody at? He said, they all left. I said, your family, everybody? It was a family-owned business. He said, yes. I looked around in the restaurant. I was drinking a cocktail. He said, so what you going to do? You going to leave me? I looked around again. I said, can I get that VP job? <laughs> and another Mai Tai. <laughs> he said, really? <laughs> he said, it's what I'm fucking waiting for. Said, That's yeah, it. Yeah, it's yours. So the next year, and some change, he didn't go nowhere. I did all the traveling. Who's still closing fucking deals, man? Everybody's so, looking at y'all now, like, damn, we should know. Now, that. when shit happened, though, when shit started hitting the fan, people thought I owned a company. People thought coming after me, mm-hmm. and pretty much from there, I had to get my lawyer to write a letter, um, you know, to pretty much separate me and my old boss. And from that, I left. I, I left, went back into construction for about a year. I, had, I was getting phone calls. Yeah, rebrand yourself. Kobe switching number twenty four. That's right. That's what I did, and then that's when uh, I came out in 2015. Ocean 97 happened. I love it. Yeah. Um, we got four more questions in the night. Okay. Were you always this way, like that driven kind of entrepreneurial spirit? I mean, I know as far as yeah. me, I, I've always been this way. Yeah. Yeah. Always, bro. I was flipping pancakes uh, after two months. I, I, my mama told me, man. No, I'm joking. But uh, I listen. I told my daughter the other day. I used to I when I was on eBay because dudes used to ask me all the time in high school, "Yo, is eBay legit?" And I'm like, "Yo, I've been on eBay since like I was in seventh grade." When you had to send somebody crazy? a fucking check and they send you your shit back. That crazy back on eBay. Somebody asking that. Yo, time. they was still asking me this shit in like the 2000s, and I'm like, "Bro, I've been on eBay 
Yeah. Fuck it. So I, yeah. I, I used to buy a pack of 1,000 earring backs and sell them shits in school for a dollar each. Because everybody Dang. used to use the earring backs and use erasers yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So I used to yeah. do stuff like that. And I'm always thinking, okay, how can I, you know, provide this service to people that are just too fucking lazy to reach their arms out? That that was a hell of a hustle, bro. Oh, earring. listen, I did that. I did... I had Burberry Tims that I used to make after the Cameron had the old boy video. Me and my boy Brandon Harrison, we found a dude to make fucking Tims and put the fabric on them. Then we used to sell them just like that in high school. We used to make money like that. So I was always trying things, but it, it never was like, okay, this is the big thing. And even now, like I got my hands in so many different places that are just right on the cusp of any day yeah. it could go. But yeah. you know, as you know, and that year that you took off during construction, you know, you got a plan, but you're just hoping that everything gets to that point where it takes that jump and you, you're moving forward at the rate that you should be moving. You're moving forward at the rate of your drive. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, is there other stuff that you're kind of involved in that you do other than the Ocean 97? Well, I mean, I have another company that, that I've been selling. Like I told you before, we've been selling PPE. So I've been selling to hospitals, um, government like military national mm-hmm. guard um i got a big deal that i'm doing now i know um this is going to be a blessing so like right now i got some masks coming over now for boston children's hospital bro no that's a big one that's huge mm-hmm. and i've been dealing with them for almost three four months and brother when i say when i say they are on the top of the fucking food chain, I, I worked at mass general protocol. for seven years so i know okay. protocol protocol fucking protocol and I kind of did something recently with them I kind of I kind of like I put some I put some stuff on a plane and just say you know what I'm gonna get I'm gonna get delivered to y'all if y'all don't want it it's going somewhere else yeah sometimes you gotta take that risk yeah and people say are you nuts I say no I had to force their hand but I mean I look I want to I want to help first responders I want to give them the right fucking the right fucking products that they could be safe, go home to their kids and to, you know to their families. That's all I'm doing. And at the same time, I'm an entrepreneur, man, trying to make some money. You know, so so I'm doing that. I got another thing that I got going on right now. Uh, I can't really talk much about it, but it's like this is huge. So it's more dealing with manufacturing, uh, PPE stuff. That we right, we'll talk, listen. We'll talk about that when you come down to Tampa, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's the huge. um, it's when I talk to a lot of like younger men for some reason like they look at me like I'm rich. I'm not even fucking close. I'm still very, very poor, but mm-hmm. I'm still, I have a mindset of that and a, a foundation that, that shows for people that I see. It's a different mindset of me being comfortable where I am in life. And, and it's funny that you said that about the children's hospital thing, because when people start business, I don't think they realize that there's times that you have to throw money away and, you know, in a, in a way that you're investing in your own future. They just think that everything is profit, 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 not understanding that you're trying to preserve everything going forward. Dude, I dated a young girl. She was young. Her mindset was okay. so... Hey, R. Kelly, calm oh, down. Not that young. <laughs> not that young. That. Her mindset was so messed up. And like, yeah, people give you compliments and tell you what to do, criticism, constructive criticism. But it's like, for me, I talk the way I talk. I got my dialect and my southern gesture. Bro, look, I'm not about to change... I'm not going to change the way I talk. This is the way I talk. They have nothing sure. to do with the way I do business. Mm-hmm. You know, but then people want to talk proper and all this and that and all bougie and etiquette. Look, man, make a fucking deal. Close the deal. You keep it moving. Move to the next deal. You learn. You learn. You learn from your mistakes. 
We learn from other people's mistakes. We learn from those who made it. And a lot of people don't have the same train route up the fucking mountain. People, you know, people, like they see IT, they see Amazon, they see Google, they see Facebook. I'm not in fucking IT business. I'm in commodities. I'm in manufacturing, you know? So, like, when people, like, in, like, society, they see the, man, these music videos, they suck. It's great to listen to them, but don't do what they say in the fucking music video. For sure. You know, I mean, it was a time that us black people were trying to get these rules so we could fucking read and write. So we could vote. We could, I mean, now society is going backwards. You know, and, and it sucks to just to see that. And what's that? I saw the movie the other day for the first time. The free, the free state of Jones or Jones. Free I don't. State. I don't even watch those movies. It's a. It's, it's a. It's a. It's a guy. I know. I know. I know what it's about. Um, okay. I mean, so the, I'm, sitting, I'm sitting like fucking. I'm like biting my tongue and like boiling my fist. I'm like fight, fight, motherfucker, fight. Well, did you, know? you ever see Birth of a Nation? Yeah. Yeah, Dude. that's my shit. That was good. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that, man. So just like, I don't know, like where I'm at now, I mean, I'm blessed. I'm happy. Uh, I'm dealing with corporate America all day. I mean, look, in like the thing you talked about, the stereotype, yeah, when I have meetings, they'd be like, man, we better do business with a football player. I say, bro, I played football 10 years ago. I don't play football anymore. So exactly. You've been, doing biz- you've been doing business longer than you've been playing football. So stop. Yeah, so just... Good. All right. So it's just that's my daughter over there. No worries, man. Like I said, it's a perfect podcast, man. I'm glad you got yes, kids. Sir. That's right. Real world, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's it's better that I show you being a black father in your child's life than I show a music video. That's right. This is a real deal here. I'm waiting for my other daughter. I don't know where she at. Where's Naya? <laughs> Can you text my sister and see where the hell they at? She got school tomorrow. Your sister's gonna beat you up. You better calm down with that phone call. <laughs> Put me in, folks. So we got two more for the night. Uh, what advice do you give to young men that are just like, yo, I want to make it to the league? Take it one day at a time. Uh, understand the difference between constructive criticism and somebody just hating on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, understand that. A lot of That's a big do. one. I want to stop for that one. Hold on one second. That is a great statement because everybody does think that I'm hating on you. And, you know, even in, I would say within the last two months, I've had people that take, you know, information that I'm giving them as far as their business, starting their business. And some of them think that, you know, you're hating on them. And some of them rise and improve their product so much so fast that you see mm-hmm. the growth. Because some people have way more support than I do. And you look at it and you're like, yo, if you do this, this, and this with your support... It can be this, and they can just go, man, fuck that. I'm good with what I have. Yeah, I have any support. You're right. I agree. I have any support. I have people trying to sabotage me, man. Mm-hmm. But, but, like, you got to understand when somebody's trying to really help you, and, like, you know, when it comes to sports, no matter if you're male or female, uh, understand they're there to coach. And I, I had a coach that I thought he hated my guts, but he was teaching me just how to be strong-willed and not worry about shit. Just go out there and play. Play with one leg, but play. And, and and he, you know what? I mean, he kept me humble. I don't, I'm not calling myself humble or meek, but he put me in a place in high school. And every time I see that dude, I start crying when I see my high school coach. Because mm-hmm. I was the best player on the freaking team. Mm-hmm. But he treated me like I was a goddamn walk on rookie. So you, was, so you was ready for Belichick. <laughs> I think it just, this was the journey that that I walked in. This, this is the way it was supposed to be, you know. Um, 
but 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 I think young kids they just gotta understand, man. When somebody says something, they're not trying to put you down. They want you to to play harder, you know, run harder, jump harder, catch better, be more efficient. They're not trying to say you won't never be anything. Cause I mean, like today, the word usage today is so screwed up. It's like we just patting our kids on the back for everything. You know, those those second first place trophies, those those third place trophies. That so they, I say, I I got I got into that conversation a, a while ago, and for football specifically, I do think that kids deserve trophies, um, because football is just fucking hard. Like but not, whether but you not, win but or not lose, everybody win in first place. I mean, everybody has a chance. No, to I'm win. not giving you a first place trophy, but you should. You, there needs to be a sense of accomplishment for completing a season as a as a youth person. Because oh, in high school, that shit was hard. <laughs> look, like track, first, second, third. I agree, they need it. But I got third place many times in track. I didn't feel bad. I no, I didn't feel bad at all about a medal. I'm talking about like when people, when, when like if kids go and play youth football, because now, you know, kids ain't even really going out. Like they're just playing video games and shit like that. So if you're going to play football all year, you're going to do your homework, then you're coming and putting in two hours of practice, then you're going home, you come back to school every day, every day, every day for like, you know, you know, three, a third of the year. I think there needs to be some type of sense of accomplishment for you. There's the championship, obviously. You're not going to get a championship trophy for completing the season, but somebody should acknowledge you for for completing that because especially when it comes to black men, yes. There's nobody telling you that you can be successful and I said it to, you know, three last year I did, well not last year, earlier this year we did a barbecue in Costa Rica when I was there at the half point just to do meet with sponsors and stuff like that and we had maybe like 45 people there. And you being in, you know, rural Louisiana and me being poor growing up in the fucking projects in a rich area, which is even crazier, um, nobody fucking told you that you could do a barbecue and, you know, a whole other country with 50 people that, that treat you as if you're family. So I feel like that's a big part of telling, you know, these young minorities in particular that you can be anything. And if I'm just going to take everything for you, there's already people telling you you ain't shit at home in your neighborhood. So I'm supposed to tell you you ain't shit after you complete a whole football season too? No, I don't agree with that. I agree. I agree. I actually missed a, a, a rapid round of, of, of three football player questions. So I'm going to hit you with that real quick. Okay. One is Prime or Revis? Prime. Oh, you're crazy. Ooh, I'm a Rebus guy. I don't think you, like you mean you mean you mean Deion Sanders prime? Yeah. Come on, man. Who do you think? Who, who's the best receiver ever? Best receiver ever? Moss or Rice? I mean, Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, man. Randy Moss would have broke every rookie he had if he'd have kept playing, but he couldn't keep his mouth closed. So do you think that Prime could stop Moss? Because he stopped Rice. I mean, he didn't stop nope. Rice. Rice Rice killed Sanders. No, nobody really never stopped Randy. That's that's the whole point. As Randy played his numbers, you look at his numbers, nobody didn't really stop Randy Moss. So, but I'm saying, even the game in which Moss had that one-hand touchdown on Revis, he only oh. had 45 yards. Okay. And Revis is like 5'10", compared to 6'4". Yeah, that's one Revis game. Is, Revis is locked down to me. I seen him not let Steve Smith run a slant one time. Yeah. For the yeah. whole game. <laughs> Why? Watch more on Revis, man. I mean, everybody know Prime, but I gotta watch more on Revis, you know. So then the other one would be, and I get into this argument a lot because people don't understand how much speed has changed. Is who is faster, Bo Jackson or Chris Johnson? I mean, Bo Jackson was a, a tank. Chris Johnson is a, a, a slim, a slender, a slim sprinter. So I guess this, the the question that I ask you is, do you really believe that Bo Jackson ran a four one? Yeah. You believe that? Yeah, I know some scouts that was there watching him. 
Hand time though. They say he was the the, the freak of nature that ever was. <laughs> I mean, I mean, ever was he was. So I football players believe this too. <laughs> I met Bo Jackson. Like some food stuff together in Mississippi. I mean, in Alabama. That dude, bro. I mean, I watch his I watch his college t- tapes. I have not seen any running backs. I mean, Herschel Walker was great, but Bo Jackson, bro, and he played two sports at that. That that nigga was tired, man. AP is the best I've seen. What? Speed and strength combination. Yeah. I, listen, I didn't like him when he came in. After he came back from the ACL injury, I saw him break a fucking 90-yard run down the middle against the I mean, fastest AP, defense at the AP, time. AP was a beast because he always runs hard as shit. Always. But, I mean, he has so many great running backs that come through this system and this game. That, I mean, I, bro, LaDainian Thompson was a hell of a guy to tackle, bro. He oh, talks yeah. He whined, but that dude cut that corner, bro. LaShawn McCoy, shit. LaShawn McCoy is is Barry Sanders, but faster. When you look at it, he's faster than Barry Sanders. Raymond, you a Buffalo? I mean, hold up, man. McCoy? No, not Buffalo LaShawn McCoy. I'm talking about like LaShawn McCoy, LaShawn McCoy. Like, okay. <laughs> how much about about McCoy like that? Look, I'm gonna say this. We played There's a game I saw with him in the snow. It's a, I'll send you the film after this. It was a Philly game in the snow. Was running, yeah, he ran for eighteen hundred yards. I mean, he was run, running out of control. I mean, look, I'm gonna say this. I mean, the best running back I've seen, like of all time ever, that never really did shit in the NFL was Cecil fucking Collins at LSU. Okay, that dude was a monster, bro. And I remember Kevin Falk was there, and Kevin Falk is great. He's a legend. But Cecil Collins, his first three games, I mean, he was like, he, I remember he ran for a four. Two three after he, after he broke his leg the year before. That's college hand time. That's not the same. Okay, I mean Chris Johnson because once again Chris Johnson ran a four two nine in the NFL combine. That's the that was the fastest forty that's ever. That's true. Electric forty ever. So Bo Chris Jackson Johnson couldn't have possibly. Good, man, I mean we we he was good, man. I'm not even talking about his talent. I'm just talking about the speed. Because yo, I literally ran, we played with a dude that ran a ten one. What are my deals? What the hell is Alexa talking about? Stop that shit, Alexa. Spying on me. She trying to get Jarvis Green inside information. I know. She had it I'll tell you that. The, uh, yeah, a dude that I, I played football with, he ran a 20.8200 electric. It was the URI regional time. That's faster than Randy and Santana Moss. That's fast, dude. And he didn't go to the league. He, he, but he won Survivor. So he still made oh, money. I, I know you're talking about. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Last question of the night. Actually, I got a 1.5. What advice do you give, and I'll still say young men, that aren't super rich that when they leave the league? Because Demarius Thomas was a fucking superstar. Why is he calling you? Yeah, but you don't know nothing about the shrimp business. That's you got, true. You know, <laughs> you're a shrimp superstar. I think the biggest thing is just uh, our networking. Because we do a poor job, I think, networking in the league. Like when we retire, a lot of people don't want to tell people secrets. It's like the first group to get to the top, you know, without sharing information. You know, it's like you're on a ship, the Titanic. However many people you got on the ship, 5,000 people, but you got enough boats for 1,000 people. You're not going to get those boats, the people closer to the top. That's who's going to survive first. So it's like the young guys, for me, it's like they need to, like, work together, network more, and, like, get each other number. Uh, I think to hang out more 
why they're playing because when you retire, man, everybody go ghost. Yeah. And you never really need somebody, man. And it sucks because with all the money that you have when you retire, it would be nice that guys can come together and do different, you know, um, trust funds and real estate, different, you know, different, the same thing Yo, that for so, America does all the time. You know? I just ran into, um, it's funny because when I was listening to this Master P interview the other day, he said, Every, anybody that has my number can call me and I'll give them the game because there's no point in me not giving them the game. Second of all, I ran into a, uh, a retired basketball player the other day. I don't want to say his name, but um, I was working, it was, it was like maybe a year ago. I was working in managing a dispensary and he was asking me questions. He was like buying weed and shit like that. And I said, why... Aren't why isn't every player in the NBA have stock in Matt Barnes dispensaries, and then you could have premium dispensaries everywhere there's places so that NBA players can go there. And he's like, oh, I got points on that. I'm like, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about everybody. That should be something that you guys get into. So it's different than the NBA. That's why I think somebody like LeBron is just so important for sport because he put everybody he grew up with on, send them back to business school, and now they go their own avenues. That's right. I see what you just said. So that thing I got, I'm working on, that's what I'm working on now to do that in different cities, uh, different states. So, Listen, I don't know if you heard the last episode, but my boy is opening up one of the third dispensaries in Massachusetts. So like I said, when you come down, we could talk about it um, yeah. and we could tie everything in without question. Um, I definitely okay. want, <laughs> to, want to be down with that. And the last question of the night, when is the last time that you ate a Star Crunch? Um... <laughs> Maybe uh, in January. Damn, man, you're slipping, man. I'm telling you, a trainer. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in January, man. I haven't bought little little debt little debt business. I think the other company bought them, but yeah, probably January, man. So listen, man. Ocean not Ocean ninety seven Star Crunch. That's right. I know. Huh? I'm I'm ready for it. But Jarvis, um, thank you for everything, my man. Um, you definitely deliver some game. Hopefully, people take into account kind of what you're doing, what you did to make it through the league and what you're positively doing now um, to make it after and to be a successful minority businessman in the United States. Um, I can't wait till I see you. And obviously I'm going to see you in November down here in Tampa. And then when we're in Costa Rica, we could kick it and have a cook off. Cause I missed you last time when you was grilling. So this time oh, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be out there chopping it up. All right, man. Thanks Raymond. Have a great night Jarvis. You too. Be good. <laughs>